Um, as we continue on today, our desire is to uh, continue our conversation entitled Summer Stories. We started this series about a week ago, and what we're striving to do is, is, is to embrace God's desire to be in relationship with every one of us. We believe that God has created you with a purpose, and He's created uniquely in His image for His purpose. And so our hope is that you will be challenged and encouraged in what it looks like to follow Jesus with your whole heart. See, as we, as we look at the Bible, we see time and again that God is desiring to be our source. He's desiring to be our source of peace, of power, of, of provision, purpose, protection, a lot of P words. But God is truly desiring to be your source. And last week we, we, we talked about the, the story of the one that, that, that we see in Scripture, the good shepherd left the 99 to go after the one, that, 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 that each and every one of us represent that story of the one that is precious in the eyes of God and worth pursuing. And just as Jesus came to, to seek and save the lost, we should also go after the lost and the wandering. We should be those who go into our workplaces, to our, to our schools, to our neighborhoods, into our homes, and we should take the love of Jesus with us. See, one of God's greatest desires is that we would see Him as our source of peace and strength and hope and protection. And while we often pray for God's protection in different areas of our lives, we can often take His protective nature for granted. We can often just, just expect that God's going to show up in every situation of our life. I can remember uh, many road trips, and Micah, our son, is sitting here in the front row. He's probably going to nod in the affirmative. But every time that we would get in the, in the old Clements, Clements family wagon to take a road trip, we would load everybody in, we'd start the car, and before we'd roll out of the driveway, we would pray. We would pray for God's protection, for his, that he would go before us as we traveled, and that, that he would watch over us. And we'd always purpose that. And yet I don't always think to pray for God's protection when I leave the house to go to work or to go to the store. I just kind of jump in and I go, and, and, and sometimes in the busyness of our lives, we forget to invite God into the smaller moments of our lives. We, pr we pray for our kids when they leave for camp or, or they go to a friend's house for an extended weekend. And yet, how often do we remember to pray for them when they head out the door to go to school? Do we take those moments to say, God, I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord over my life. See, the reality is God's presence and protection is, is always available to us. It's just a matter of whether we choose to live our lives in His protection, under His protection. As I shared at the outset of the series, we'll be spending some time hearing stories about God's protection, God's provision, and all these areas of our life where we see God show up. But we have to be willing to surrender lordship. Today I'm excited to invite one of our very own neighborhood church uh, family members Ken Houston to the platform as he's going to be coming to share a little bit of his story. Can we welcome Ken to the stage as he comes? <laughs> Round two. Okay. 
<laughs> well, we've had the privilege to get to know Ken and Carol over the years, and, and uh, these amazing people have a remarkable story, and, and, and Ken's story and his, his testimony is one that has encouraged me um, and has challenged me. Uh, when when you, you hear somebody's story, um, there is an element of realness. Sometimes we read scripture and we just kind of extrapolate it as wonderful allegory or, you know, uh, you know poems. And, and when, when you see the hand of God on somebody's life, it becomes very real. And, and so today I've asked uh, Ken to come and, and share a little bit of his story. And he's uh, been gracious enough to do that. Uh, but Ken, would you tell us a little bit of, of the story of Ken Houston and, and how you came to know Jesus and your life and, and just some of the seasons that you've walked through? Well, I, I was born in Missouri to parents who were very, very strong Christians. Um, I think they probably had me in church before I was a week old. And when I was eight years old, we moved to Washington State, and it was there at the age of eight that I gave my life to the Lord in a uh, evangelistic rally that was going on at our church, one of those week-long rallies that we used to have all the time in those days. And I never turned back from that. Um, when I graduated from high school, I went to Seattle for a couple of years of technical school, and I met and married Carol there in 1969. And two weeks later, I enlisted in the Army. Uh, Vietnam War was going hot and heavy. The draft was on. In fact, the draft was on my tail. And I knew I didn't want to be an infantryman, so I signed up for the Army's helicopter flight school. Um, as soon as I graduated, it was off to Vietnam for a year, uh, flying Hueys in Vietnam. And then when I came back, I stayed in the Army for 20 years flying aircraft. And when I retired from the Army in 1989, I went to work as a civilian air ambulance pilot, and I did that for another 24 years before I finally retired in 2013, just a little less than nine years ago. And now we're just kind of enjoying life. Carol does a lot of beautiful gardening, and I do a little woodworking, and we love to travel. Our kids are scattered all over. We have three kids and four grandkids, and everywhere from Florida to Washington State. But we have been very, very blessed. Yeah, Ken, Ken is, is humble when he says that, that he and Carol um, are not, not only uh, blessed, but they're a blessing. Uh, if you come into our campus here or, or spend any time around our office there, you'll see the, the wonderful flowers uh, that are adorned all over our campus, and that is uh, Carol's uh, green thumbmanship, which I don't think is actually a term, but I just made it up. And uh, Carol keeps all of our, our flower gardens looking amazing. And Ken uh, says he, do, he does some woodworking, but he is much more than just uh, an occasional woodworker. Um, he has created some just amazing, amazing um, craftsmanship around our church and has blessed many people with his, his woodworking. I'd say he's probably a little closer to a finished carpenter than he is just a, <laughs> a, a, a hobby woodsmanship. And so um, we are so grateful for just the blessing you are to our, our community, Ken, and uh, Carol as well. But would you tell us just a, a, about a time when you felt or sensed the protection of God in your life and, and a season maybe that you would share with us? Well, I think the, 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 the obvious choice here would be the year I spent in Vietnam. 
Um, I wound up assigned to a company that was involved in Operation Lamson 719. That, that was the push into Laos to cut off the Ho Chi Minh Trail where the North Vietnamese were bringing troops and supplies down through Laos and Cambodia into South Vietnam. And it was arguably the most intense helicopter combat of the entire war. There, it was a massive operation and there were over 750 helicopters either damaged or destroyed in that 45-day operation. Our little company of 26 helicopters were just a little part of that. But we lost 17 of our 26 helicopters in 45 days. And then in the next two months after that operation was over, we were still working up north and it was still pretty hot and we lost five more. So that brought the total to 22 out of 26. Um, had friends that were shot down three and four times. That didn't count all the days that people came back with bullet holes in their aircraft. You can poke a lot of holes in a Huey and not hit anything important. But in my entire one-year tour in Vietnam, not one time did I take a bullet hole in any aircraft that I flew. Not once. Took a little tiny piece of shrapnel about the size of my little fingernail and a terrotor blade and a landing zone in Laos from a mortar. And that was the sum total of damage to any aircraft that I flew. Some people would call that coincidence or the vagaries of war. I do not. There were hundreds of people at home praying for me. My parents and their church, my wife's parents and their church, and my siblings, Carol's siblings, their combined churches, there were hundreds of prayers every day. And God protected me through that whole ordeal with no damage. Amen. Amen. It's a, it's a truly remarkable story to hear that God would Ken had shared in the, in the, in the, in the first service that, that there was guys that said, I want, to go up, I want to go up with Houston because I know that he's going to be okay. And so there was a, an element of that that was very well known uh, that God was protecting him throughout that season. Ken, was there ever a moment where you, where you perhaps struggled to trust God or, or maybe questioned where, where God was in the moment? At that point in my life, uh, no. I was scared every day. That it comes along with doing that kind of thing, but I knew that God had my back, if you want to say that. I had at that point been through enough in my life and seen God's power and God's presence enough in my life and my family's life that I was confident that he would protect me. And uh, as I shared in the first service, the first three weeks that I was in country, I was hearing all these stories from all the pilots that, you know, they were getting shot at every time they went out and went into a hot LC. And here I'm a brand new co-pilot right out of flight school and the first mission we went out, the aircraft in front of us is calling, taking fire, taking fire, and then we came in and there's nothing. And then the aircraft behind us is yelling, taking fire. And that went on for three weeks. 
The guys in front of us would be getting shot at, the guys behind us were getting shot at, and every day the aircraft commanders were telling the operations officer, I want you to schedule Houston as my co-pilot. <laughs> Eventually they did start shooting at me, but God had his shields up. Yeah. That's amazing. Ken, tell us, tell us about the day that you realized the, the full weight of, of, of God's presence and protection at work in your life. That came many years later, after I finished my Army career and was flying air ambulance service for Airlift Northwest in Seattle. I was 16 years into that phase of my career, and in October of 2005, I was involved in a helicopter crash. Pilot error, I made a mistake twin-engine helicopter, and we were taking off from a rooftop helipad with a patient on board, two flight nurses, and myself. And due to an error on my part, one engine wasn't making power. And as we lifted off from that rooftop, suddenly I got a low rotor RPM warning, and the rotor RPM decayed very quickly, and that aircraft just fell out of the sky four or five stories up coming off that building. And immediately in front of us was the powerhouse building, concrete building that houses the hospital's emergency generators. And we were gonna impact that building head on. It was 50 feet away or less. And there was nothing I could do about that. And in that moment, my brain stopped recording, so I have about a four or five second period where I have no memory of what happened. The experts tell me that that is a normal human response to extreme stress, that your, your, your brain stops recording when it's something too terrible to see. But I choose to believe that in that moment, God said, Ken, you're about to hurt yourself. Stop recording, I have the controls. What the evidence says happened is that at that instant, the tail rotor on the back of the tail boom that is there to counteract the torque of the main rotor system, keep the aircraft from spinning around in a circle, hit the top of the wall of the building we were departing from, severed the tail rotor drive shaft, and without the tail rotor, that aircraft immediately spun 180 degrees and impacted that wall tail first. There's very little structure in front of a helicopter in front of the pilot. And with 6,400 pounds of helicopter behind me, if we'd hit that wall head on, it probably would have squashed me like a bug. But as it was, the tail boom took the impact. It broke off six feet of the tail boom crumpled up part of it that absorbed the impact. The aircraft then fell to the ground in a little atrium garden there between the hospital and the powerhouse building and on a, partly on its side, the rotor blades digging into the ground and the next thing I remembered was a sharp pain in my right knee. And I was trying to catch the cyclic control that's normally in my right hand as it was violently flailing around as the rotor blades were digging into the ground. And I realized I should be shutting the engines down, but in my left hand is the collective control, and the throttles are down 
beyond that, throttle knobs. And every time I reached for them, that collective was violently bouncing up and down and kicked my hand away. So eventually the engine drive shafts broke, the thrashing stopped, I was able to shut the engines down, and we all got out with relatively minor injuries, nothing life-threatening. And in that instance, in that instant, I knew that God had spared my life. I lost my job over that. It was a pilot error accident. But God still had his hand in that because almost immediately I got a call from a company in California that was starting up a base here in Corvallis. And they were looking for pilots with my qualifications and that's how we wound up here in Albany. And I finished out my career here and retired in 2013. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Ken, what would you say your encouragement would be to those who may be walking through a, a challenging or a difficult, impossible season right now and, and, and maybe are searching for God's presence and protection and, 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 and are questioning whether that it might be there? Things happen to everybody. There, there's a saying, bad stuff happens to good people. Well, things happen to everybody. We make mistakes that get us into trouble, big and small. And sometimes, despite our best efforts and our best intentions, bad things happen. Yeah. But we have to realize every day that God is in control. Yeah. My favorite scripture in the Bible is the 91st Psalm. Maybe because of my military background, but I love where David is talking about God being his fortress, his refuge. And at one point he talks about God being his shield and protecting him from the arrows of the enemy. And he says, a thousand may fall beside me and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will never come near me. And that is so true. We have to understand that God is, con is in control. God is at the controls of this helicopter that we call our everyday lives flailing around. We're not in control. He is. And if we'll trust him, he has our back. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for en encouraging us today. What a truly incredible story of, of God's presence and protection in the most dire of situations. And I'm so grateful for Ken and for Carol, the blessing they are to our church, for the service that he's given to our country, and uh, truly remarkable people. And God has continued uh, to remain faithful in their lives. You know, it's interesting that uh, Ken should quote the, the 91st Psalm because that is our text today. And he did not know that, uh, not even in the first service when he shared that. Um, and uh, God is, is, is truly uh, speaking to us through his word today. And I'm, I'm grateful um, that as we, as we look to God's presence, um, that he does show up in the most difficult and challenging of situations. As it, 
As it pertains to God's protection, though, there are things that we need to understand and embrace because there's a part we play in the power and the presence of God. God is faithful. He is always with us. And yet we have to respond to Him. We have to choose to be in relationship with Him. And so there's a couple things that I want us to consider today when it comes to God's presence in our lives. The first thing is this. God's protection is available to those who choose to live in His shelter. God's protection is available to those who choose to live in His shelter. See, shelters have have always represented a place of safety and protection, but we have to choose to go to those places to receive that safety and protection. Nobody goes out in the middle of a thunder and lightning storm with a golf club and says, I wonder what's going to happen if I just hang out out here. No, we innately pursue protection. We innately go and look for shelter. And you may find yourself in a rainstorm. They're, they're, they're inevitable here in, in Oregon. That's the old saying, if you don't like the weather, just wait an hour, it'll change. But we, we are familiar with, with rainstorms. We're familiar with the storms, um, not just the figurative, figurative storms of life, but the literal ones. And when you're in a rainstorm in Oregon, if you're a real Oregonian, you don't pop up an umbrella. No, I mean... That's not what Oregonians do. We just kind of pull our collar up and you kind of hunker down and you do the little, you know, the little shuffle until you get to shelter. And the people who use umbrellas are little pans. No, I'm just joking. But we, 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 we've all been in the midst of those storms where we've needed shelter. I, I, I found myself this past spring umpiring a baseball game down at, at Bushnell. It used to be Northwest, Northwest Christian University, but it's Bushnell now. And we're out on this this amazing turf field, and it's a little bit overcast, it's, it's looking a little threatening, and, and all of a sudden the, the sky opens up and it starts pouring down rain, so we take a quick rain delay, and then we come back out on the field, and a few minutes later it starts hailing on us, and I'm like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. We ended up getting hailed on twice, we had three rain delays, and then the game went 14 innings. It was awesome. It was everything I dreamed it would be, and more. And at the end of that wonderful little experience, we thought for sure they're not going to play the second game of the doubleheader. And we went up to check in with the coach, and of course he said, how much time do you guys need? Like 30 minutes okay? Yeah, that'll be fine. But we find ourselves in those rainstorms. We find ourselves in the storms of life. And and sometimes if if it's not that, we can find ourselves in the heat waves. We've had some heat waves even just in the past few weeks here in Oregon. It's been a little, a little too hot for my liking. And we can find ourselves desperate for shade. We were out here this past week at VBS, and there was a couple days that were pretty, pretty darn hot, if we're going to be honest. And uh, the kids would be out playing games on the backside of the, the church and running around, and you know, all of us adults are standing out there sweating, you know, wondering when you know, we're going to get some... Some, some refuge. But the, 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 sh- the shadow that, that, that the, the building cast gave some shade. And when you went into that shaded area, it actually was, it was pretty pleasant. Because shade represents that refuge for us when it's hot out. See, today's text found in Psalm 91 gives us instruction 
in what it looks like to live our lives in God's divine protection. To live our lives in His presence. And so let me give you a little bit of context before we hit Psalm 91. Psalm consists of of about 150 psalms or songs, and they're broken down into five different books. If you read psalms, you may, may or may not know that, but... But it's uncertain why Psalms is divided into five books. Some scholars believe that, it, that it's, it's a tribute to the Jewish Midrash tradition, suggesting that the five-fold division is based on the five books of the Torah, Genesis to Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. But Psalm 91 is, is right at the beginning of the fourth book, and it follows Moses' prayer in chapter 90. The psalm has no title, and so we're not really totally sure who the author is. As Ken shared, some people believe it's David. Some think it's Moses. Since the Psalm 90 was written by Moses, we believe that maybe Psalm 91 could be from him as well. Because it shares some of the themes and phrases from Psalm 27 and Psalm 31, some think the author is in fact David. And some of its language of strongholds and shields and all these different battle elements remind us of David. But other phrases echo the song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32. But in fact, the book is anonymous, but it is timeless in its nature. So let's read Psalm 91. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can flip there. If you don't, you can jump on the Version Bible app and join us there. The notes are available to you. Psalm 91.1 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent." Would you pray with me this morning? God, we are so thankful. We are thankful for the promise of your presence and your protection in our lives. We're thankful that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always with us. But we have a tendency to wander. We have a tendency to chase and pursue other things. So God, we ask that you'd invite us back into your presence, that you would welcome us into that, that shelter, that safe place. Lord, you teach us that that is the place that we should remain in. So challenge our hearts today, Lord. Speak to our lives. We ask that you continue to bless this time that we have together. We ask these in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this, this, this passage in Psalm 91 is an interesting one because the author begins by saying, whoever dwells, whoever dwells, Whoever chooses to dwell in the shelter 
of the Most High. See, it's a choice to stay in the presence of God. Another translation says, whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High, the hidden place. But the word dwell used in this verse actually means to take up permanent residence in. Dwells. See, the author reminds us to stay in God's presence for it's a permanent place of living. It's not like this, you know, you know, double dutch, you know, jump roping. You know, you get the, you get the ropes going and you're kind of like, okay, do I go now? Do I go now? Do I go now? It's not a jump in to God's presence and then jump back out just depending on the situation. It's a permanent place of residence. We say, God, you are so good that I want to set up shop in your presence. I want to be with you always. It's not circumstantial and situational when I'm really struggling and then I'll come into your presence. But when I'm, everything's going great, well, I'll just kind of figure it out on my own. No, the word dwells comes from the Hebrew word yeshab, which means to literally sit down, to settle, to remain, and to inhabit. It's a place of stability, a place of strength. But dwelling in God's presence is a conscious choice. Choosing to remain in God's presence is an intentional act. You don't just accidentally show up there and you're like, oh, isn't this great? I'm in God's presence again. And now I'm not. And now I am. No, it's not some act of randomness. It's a, an intentional decision. It's something that we decide to do. Not out of necessity or begrudgingly, but out of a willing heart. We say yes to God. And dwelling in the secret place of the Most High means that we constantly seek His love, seek His comfort, seek His protection for our lives. His Word says if, if we do that, that we will rest in the very shadow of the Almighty. Did you hear that? Rest. Does anybody here need rest? I'm the only one who needs rest in this place. Can you all, can, we're just going to stop. Can you guys pray for me? Just extend a hand. I don't know about you guys, but this summer has been running 150 miles an hour. And I need some rest. That's the promise we see here. That if we decide to stay in the presence of the Almighty, we will find rest in His shadow. See, shadows by definition are a place of protection or covering. They provide relief from the direct heat of the sun. There's been those times when I've been out on a baseball field and the only shadow that's cast on the field is the light, you know, the big old light pole for the stadium lights. Sometimes it's out there and, and I'm just cooking and I'm standing there like this, you know, just sucking it in, trying to be right in the shadow of the, the light pole. And sometimes that's where we find ourselves in the sweltering heat of life. See, if the heat is severe, the, the shade is the place that we run to. The shadow is the place that we find refuge. It diminish, diminishes what we actually feel in the intensity of life. 
See, walking on hot pavement or sand, you ever been there? You know, your, your feet are on fire. You go out to get the mail and you forget to put your shoes on and the black top just is a little too hot. And you're like, you know, and everybody's like, what is this? When we find ourselves in that place, the greatest refuge is getting to that shadowy place or that place that's not quite so hot. And it reminds us, especially in the tough stuff, the tough seasons, that we don't ever walk alone because God provides that shadow. He provides that refuge. The full heat of trouble is bearing down heavy. It's a struggle at times to trudge through those circumstances of life. And, And pressure and stress can keep us in that place of just stifling hot summer sun where you find yourself in the experiences of life just depleted and exhausted. Yet God whispers. He whispers truth. Strong and sure. He says, walk in my shadow. Stay close to my side. Stay close to me. See, it's in the safe place we find confidence. We find that ability to know that God is who He says He is. And when we're resting in God's shadow, we'll never face the full heat of our difficulties alone. God will always be with us. He'll always walk with us. He helps to shelter us, bringing strength and hope in the midst of pain. His shadow, His shade, His presence can help us endure the most intense moments and seasons of life. See, rest, peace, and calm miraculously become available right in the struggling mess of life. And we're assured that He's in control. In the moments when the bullets are flying at us and and the spiritual crash is imminent, God says, I'm in control. I've got you. But we have to be careful. Because in the busyness or or the difficulties of life, we might attempt to strive to survive on our own, in our own power. I can figure it out. I got control over this. I'll just problem solve this thing out and we'll be okay. We can't forget that what we need most, God's protection and the comfort of His presence, are freely available to those who love Him and choose to live under His covering. It's when we choose to come into His presence. So we can understand that when we choose to to come into His presence, we will find that protection. But it's also important that we understand that God's goodness and power are at work for those who acknowledge Him as Lord. So not only do we need to choose to live in His shelter, but we have to choose to acknowledge Him as Lord. See, the entire chapter of Psalm 91 is filled with the goodness and power of God. Great reminders that He faithfully works on behalf of those who love Him. But what we all too often forget is that God is desiring to be the Lord of our lives in every moment of every day. That He wouldn't just, that we wouldn't just show up and give part of our life to Him and say, God, I'll entrust the, the, the tough stuff to you. Because I just don't want to have to deal with that. But the rest of it I want to I remain in control of. No, when we, when we see lordship, when we say, 
I, I trust you as Lord of my life, then it means we give up our rights. It means that we surrender our priorities. Psalm 91.11, as we pick up in, our, in our, our text here, says, For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Him. I will protect Him. For He acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him with long life. I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Did you hear any promises in there that maybe you could, you could use today? See, it's interesting what God says in verse 14. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. It's interesting because in the New Testament, in Matthew 10, 32, Jesus says something similar. He says, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. There's this acknowledgement component that is critically important to us being in God's protection. God promises because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. This means that no matter what we're facing in life, God's promises are available to us when we choose to trust and acknowledge him in the midst of our struggles. So who needs God's promises today. Let's look at them really quickly. Psalm 91. I will rescue him. That means that God will deliver you. He will give you an escape in whatever the situation you're in. I'll protect him. He'll set you on a high place. He'll get you out of the fray. I'll answer him. He'll, he'll respond to you. He'll speak to you. Sometimes in that still small voice where we have to quiet our hearts, quiet the busyness of our lives. Be with him in trouble, in afflictions, and in distress, sickness, disease, uncertainty, danger. God is there with us. I will deliver him. He promises to rescue you, to bring you to safety, and honor him. He wants to bless you, to make you strong, to honor you. With long life will I satisfy him. God wants to give you abundance in your journey with him. And show him my salvation. He, he wants to let you see his deliverance and victory in your life. See, there's great blessing as we seek after God and choose to walk in his ways. In the midst of the darkness that exists in the world, living in all of it without his truth and freedom would be hopeless. And there are many people in this world who are hopeless because all they see is the end of the day coming. Just wash, rinse, repeat. And the truth is the world has been dark for generations since sin first entered the earth through the enemy's lies in the garden. Yet God's reminders are sure. They're strong. They're true. He assures us that in all we walk through in this journey, His call is for us always to rise above. To step into His presence. Step, in, step into the shadow. And to dwell there 
and he reminds us we're not alone. And though he never says that we won't face hard times, he does say he'll be with us in it, rescuing us. Don't ever doubt that God loves you, that he's with you. See, God works on behalf of those who love him and honor his name. He's always good to us. We may, we may never fully know this side of heaven how much he has actually sheltered us from in this life. Maybe you've not been in a, in a, in a combat helicopter situation, but you've walked through seasons where God has protected you and he's watched over you and he's lifted you and he's held you close. And I guarantee you, he will continue to. As the worship team prepares to come back, as we prepare to close church we may not always see it or feel it we might we might forget god's presence is there at times or even wonder if he's left us to friend for ourselves and the, the heat of the hard situations of life but i read a story that that encouraged me it says during world war ii a u.s marine was separated from his unit on a pacific island the fighting had been intense and in the smoke and the crossfire he had lost touch with his comrades Alone in the jungle, he could hear enemy soldiers coming in his direction, scrambling for cover. He found his way up a high ridge to several small caves in the rock. And quickly, he crawled inside one of the caves. Although safe for the moment, he realized that one, once the enemy soldiers looking for him swept up the ridge, they would quickly search all the caves, and he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and I trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy draw close. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. Just then he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him all the while, the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Ha! Huh. He thought, what I need is a brick wall. And what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. God does have a sense of humor. As the enemy drew closer, he watched from the darkness of his hideout and could see them searching one cave after another. As they came to his, he, he got ready to make his last stand. To his amazement, however, after glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. Suddenly he realized that with the with the spider web over the entrance, his cave looked as if no one had entered it for quite a while. Lord, forgive me, prayed the young man. I had forgotten that you, that in you a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. We all face times of great trouble. When we do, it's easy to forget the victories that God would work in our lives, sometimes in the most surprising ways. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced the fire, they did not waver in trusting God's protection. What did they say? King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your, from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not Serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Daniel 3.16 Remember, whatever is happening in your life with God, a mere spider's web can become a brick wall of protection.
trust and believe that he is with you always. Just ask for his help, and you will see his great power and love for you. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we pray? Father, we are so grateful that you love us and that you're for us, and that you see us in our most vulnerable moments of life, and you desire to intervene. God, we know that your protection is real. We know that you won't forget us or, or ignore us. But we also understand we have a part to play, that we need to come into your presence and dwell there to set up camp, to live each and every moment of every day in the power of your presence. God, we belong to you. And we thank you for your great love that doesn't leave us on our own. We ask, Father, that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would encourage us with the promise of your presence and that we would be willing to choose to dwell in your presence and to acknowledge your greatness, to acknowledge you as Lord, to surrender control of our lives to you. Praise you and thank you for your goodness.